This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 89. In today's episode, my guest, Nakia Smith, shares her incredible adoption story. The ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the devastation, and the disappointment in her journey to Jeremiah. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. I am so excited about my guest today. She is a wife, a mom, and has a huge heart for women and married couples. Her passion is for my mystery, how cool is that, my mystery of God's word. She is a homeschool mom, woohoo, and <laughs> operates a home-based daycare called Arts Academy. Will you please help me welcome my dear friend and sister in Christ, Mrs. Nakia Smith. Yay, Nakia! Yay! I'm so excited that you're here. Yay! <laughs> Yay. Thank, thank you, you thank so you. much. Yes, for being on the show. Really excited to have you because you have such an amazing adoption story. It inspires me. Your faith really moves me emotionally every time I just hear your story. And I know it would be a great encouragement to my listeners. So will you please share with us your journey to Jeremiah? Of course. Thank you so much, Christy. Um, I love you to pieces. Uh, My story. Well, let's start at the beginning, beginning. So I think it was, well, I don't think, I know. I was in college, and um, God gave me a dream that um, in my dream, he spoke to me and told me that I would get married and have four children. So I was like, yay, God, I only wanted three, but okay, I'll take the extra (laughs) one. Um, And so I met my husband, and we got married, and um, he wanted to start trying for children, and I was like, oh, let's, let's, let's not. But I listened to him, and we started trying, and nothing was happening. So he went in for a random, just annual physical, um, and that's when we found out that his sperm count was extremely low, and the probability of us having kids on our own uh, was pretty much zero. It probably would not happen. Um, So we just began to just pray and believe God, and um, we tried interuterine insemination Mm -hmm. a couple times. Um, The doctor didn't think it was going to work, but at the time, our insurance didn't cover in vitro fertilization. So we said, let's do what insurance will cover, Um, and we tried that twice, and it did not work Um, after that. 
uh, we just continued to just pray and seek God. And it was maybe about eight years later when we started, uh, Warren got a different job and the insurance covered 90%. Um, and we found out because there was a, a family friend who gave us, they said the Lord had put it on their heart. It was Father's Day, I believe, of 2008. Um, it was Father's Day, and some friends of ours had gifted us um, $4,000 um, to try in vitro fertilization. And so we began the process. Um, we had the money to cover the 10% that our insurance didn't cover thanks to their gift. We were so excited. We were like, yes, this is God. God told them to give us this money. Yes, this is going to work. <laughs> so we started, and everything was going well. And um, that time, we only produced a little bit of eggs that were great. And when it came time to implantation, only one egg was viable for implantation. And so that egg uh, was um, placed, and then it didn't work. So we were, at that point, devastated. I know I was devastated um, because it was. It just looked like God was in it and all the pieces were lining up. So I was like, yes, yes, this is God. Check, check, this is God. Um, and so I think that was the first time that I really, 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 really broke down. Um, all along the way, I had been, like, writing down scriptures. Um, I think one of my favorite scriptures was... Um, Two was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven for I know the thoughts and the plans that I have towards you, um, and then Luke one forty five uh, where Elizabeth is speaking to Mary and it says, um, "Blessed is she who believes because there shall be a performance of those things told her from the Lord." So I was just kind of holding on to those scriptures. Um, so we we tried again. Uh, we tried another round. This time we were much more successful. We had. We had produced like 36 eggs of the 36, 15 wow. were viable. Um, so we went through um, 13 of those 15 eggs. Uh, we did like six more rounds of IVF. Um, I think the first time it was 2-2 two, two, and then 3-3-3. Three, three, three. Um, and none of it worked. And after that, we were just kind of heartbroken. Both of us were heartbroken. And somewhere along the way, I opened up my daycare center while we were going through all of this. And before, Warren was never open to adoption because he just felt like he just wasn't sure if he could love a child that had, that didn't come from him. So mm -hmm. when I opened my daycare, my second client was this little boy who is now our godson. Um, and Warren just fell in love with him. And he was like, Nakia, if I can love this boy who comes to our daycare every day, um, I can love a child that did not come from me. And so that's when we began um, the process of adoption. And um, wow. even, wow, with that, wow, wow. even with that, um, we searched out a couple different options. And adoption is expensive. It was $30,000. And so mm. we were like, um, hmm. <laughs> We were like, okay, I don't think we're going to be able to do this. This is not in the budget. And, you know, I'm an accountant. You know, I have my own daycare now, but my, my, my other profession, I went to school for accounting. So I was just like, I, I just could not wrap my mind. And I know people do it, and God bless those who do. But I just could not wrap my mind around going into debt to have a baby 
with mm-hmm. all the other expenses that a baby brings, like child care and diapers. I just could not mm-hmm. see just taking out a loan that I was going to have to pay back on top of these new expenses that were going to come once the baby came. So uh, we just happened to be um, in the office of of a family friend of a spiritual, my spiritual, um, a spiritual person in my life, and um, this person said, just was asking us what was going on, and so we were just updating him, and he was like, and we told him about everything that we had done, and he said, listen, stop doing all that to your body. He said, I will give you um, $1,000 every two weeks until you have what you need. Um, he was like, I, I, have, I, I, I have assets, but I don't have cash on hand. He said, so every two weeks I will give you $1,000 until you have what you need. Um, mm. And then we spoke to, like, Vaughn was sharing with someone on his side who was very affluential, and he was like, oh, yes, we're going to help you. So we were like, cool, we have what we need. Um, and then Warren's person kind of, like, flaked on us and didn't show up. And so Warren was like, we're not going to go back to your your spiritual guy and say, hey, the other person flaked out. Can you, you know. So then we went to social media. We did, um, what do you call it, crowdfunding. We mm-hmm. did um, uh, GoFundMe. And then there's another one um, that we did that was um, – I forget what it's called, pure something. But the thing about that is it gives the money directly to, we went through, uh, uh, who did we go through? Bethany Christian Services. We went through Bethany Christian Services. Mm -hmm. So they gave the money directly to Bethany Christian Services, and everybody who gave, it was a tax write-off. It's called pure charity. Pure charity, Mm -hmm. um, it was a way for us to do crowdfunding and for the people to give to get a tax write-off. So it was a win-win. It was a win for us, and it was a win for the people who gave. And within, I want to say, maybe a month, maybe two months, we had raised um, everything except the last little bit um, that we had to add to it. But that wasn't a lot. It was like everything except the last $800. Um, wow. But God just showed up, and so we... We, we did everything that you're supposed to do going through adoption. We did our home study. Uh, we wrote, we did our profile book, which is a real short book that talks about you and your family and your goals and your child-rearing um, plans and your education plans for the baby and um, things of that nature. It has, it's like a picture book, a picture story book that the mm-hmm. birth moms look at because that's how they choose who is going to parent their child based on this picture book that you create. So we had did all of that. We got approved in April of 2016. And then at the end of the year of April, in November of 2016, we got the call that we had been chosen. He was born on December 4th. We were um, invited by the birth mom to be at the hospital when he was born. So as soon as he was born, um, they brought him to us, and I got to have skin-to-skin time with him and Warren fed yeah. him his first bottle, and we spent two nights with him in the hospital, and then on that third day, we brought him home, and he's been with us ever since, growing like a little weed. <laughs> wow, 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 what an amazing 
amazing story. I got chills just hearing how God showed up for you guys. Whoa. You raised $29,000 plus. Yes. Dollars? yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So I have a couple questions. One, how did you guys deal with the devastation and, and disappointment of trying over and over and over through in vitro and all of these other methods and them not working. How did you deal with that? Um, I'm a worshiper. I can't sing, <laughs> but I love to worship. Um, so I, I can't speak for how Warren dealt with it. Maybe you'll do a, a male version podcast mm-hmm. later. Um, but for me, um, I just worshiped and I went to the word. Um, my spiritual father has that says often when he preaches, um, get you a God said and stand on it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I went to the word. I actually um, have a book that I haven't released yet, but it's in the the making, just kind of detailing this story um, about how you live in the V, how you live in the violation um, of your expectation. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it was worship. And it was finding scripture after scripture um, that really spoke to the promises of God. And just knowing that God is not a man, that's Numbers, I think it's Numbers 319, one of my God says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that that he should repent. If he spoke it, he will make it good. He will bring it to pass. So for me, I I just had to... I had to keep going back to to what God said and that God is not a man that he can lie. It's not even in his nature to lie. So it was worship. I have a whole bunch of worship songs um, that I listen to. I know um, John, I think it's Jonathan Nelson or mm-hmm. his brother Jason yeah. Nelson. One of the Nelsons has a song called um, I Will Be. Um, called to be, and so I just kept saying, I will be what God called me to be. Um, Donald Lawrence, the I am factor, I just kept saying, I am pregnant, I am pregnant, I am pregnant, Um, and just speaking life. Um, But in in my most painful, the most painful time was when I had gotten a prophetic word and someone had told me this time next year. And when, when May hit, I knew that it wasn't going to happen because there was no way I could get pregnant in May and have a baby before the year was out. And mm. that was what, I think that was the most devastating of all, receiving a prophetic word from someone when they gave me a specific time and I saw that yeah. it wasn't about to happen. And I just, I, I had always up to that point postured myself. Um, another thing um, I don't know if you've heard of her, but um, co-pastor Susie Owens, she mm-hmm. she had often said, I heard her preach one time, and she said, find you a mentor in the Bible. You know, we always want people to mentor us. But she said, sometimes you have to find you a mentor in the Bible. And so for me, I chose I chose Elizabeth um, and the Shunammite woman who's in, 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 in Kings because both of them, their posture was, um, it is well. Um, you you see with Elizabeth, it says that her and Zechariah were faithfully serving God. So I didn't want to be like Hannah, who I love, 
um, because there was a part in Hannah's story where Elkanah, her husband, said to her, am I not enough for you? And, and she mm-hmm. was like, no. Um, and because we were dealing with male factor infertility, I never wanted my husband to feel like mm-hmm. he wasn't enough. Um, mm-hmm. And so if you look at the story of the Shunammite woman and the story of Elizabeth, it's, it's very short, but you see that they both were serving God. They were loving their husbands. Um, and they were just, you know, serving the people around them as best they could. And so that's what I did. I, I babysat for couples who didn't have family close by. I, you know, my husband was a youth pastor at the time, so we worked with the youth. So we, we served our way through. That's one thing he would say, how he dealt with the disappointment. He just continued to serve and trust God. Um, but serving standing on the word, having my God says, listening to my worship music. And then when I did hit that dark moment where I was just like, I, 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 like Warren couldn't pray for me. Um, I had a girlfriend. There was that story of, of the, of the, of the four friends who tore the roof off and took their friend and mm-hmm. laid him at the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What? I had friends. I had friends who, the one in particular, her name is um, Anika Buster Singleton. But I had other friends like you who were praying for me. Um, but really, Anika, she was like, if you don't call me back, because I wasn't returning phone calls, she was like, if you don't call me back, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> I'm going mm-hmm. to get you. But she was one of those people who just literally prayed down heaven and took me to the feet of Jesus mm. because at that point I didn't even want to pray myself. I didn't want to pray. I didn't, I didn't care what God said. <laughs> I didn't want to listen to my worship music. Um, but through her and, and you and, and other friends who, who literally took me to the feet of Jesus uh, when I didn't want to go there myself, that, that's, how, that's how I dealt with the disappointment. Wow, that's so beautiful. You know, I believe so strongly that we need people in our life. That's God designed relationship to be that, to have people in our lives to hold up our arms. When we can't pray for ourselves, they are discerning enough to know that they need to be praying for us. You know, and so I just so appreciate you sharing the authenticity of that because I know we, women and men, just humanity, we go through moments in our lives where we're so greatly disappointed and devastated with the way life has turned out or the way life hasn't turned out. And it's so important to hear that piece of, of your faith walk of when you didn't even couldn't even pray for yourself, you didn't want to worship, you didn't want to pray, you didn't, you you know, did you find that you you were angry at God? Were you ever in that place? Because you said I didn't want to hear anything He had to say. <laughs> I just kept asking myself. I, I just kept saying, God, somebody lied. I don't know if they lied <laughs> or you lied, but somebody done lied up in here, up in here. Um, <laughs> And there was a point, I don't know if I was angry at God. I just know I was just so hurt. I was just like, Mm -hmm. God, and I believe, it's one of those things that I believe in the prophetic, and it's one of Mm -hmm. those things where I believe that that woman 
um, really did hear from God, but maybe God didn't give her the timing. Maybe that's something yeah. that she added on. Um, but I was, I don't know that I was mad at God. I just, it just went back to, um, I guess just my beginning. I, I, I had to grow in my, I guess, trust of God um, because of how I grew up with my, you know, my father every weekend, he would say he was coming to get my brother and I, he would never show up. And so when I began my walk with God, it was always, God, I know you can, but will you? I know you can, but will you? And there was a point where I was like, God, you know, why can't I trust you the way I trusted my grandfather? Because that's who raised me. My grandfather never lied to me. Whatever he said he was going to do, it was it was done. You know, he was just a man of his word. My grandfather could promise me something, and I would forget all about that I had even asked for it. And then I would later on, a month or two later, hear him say to my mom, Nancy, that child wanted X, Y, and Z. Here's the money. Go buy it for her. And I would completely forget that I had even asked for what I wanted. And that's, that's the trust that I had in my grandfather, but it didn't, you know, I couldn't put that same trust in God. Um Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it was a process. And so when all of this happened, it was it was going back to that, God, I know you can, but will you? I know you can keep your word, but will you? I know you can, you know, do this through my body and through Warren's body despite what the doctors have said, but will you? I know you can uh, do adoption or in vitro or just miraculously make it happen by yourself. But will you? So I don't know if I was ever like angry at God, but it was it was fighting through the doubt to get back mm-hmm. to the place where I could say, you know what? Like the Hebrew boys, God, I trust you, no matter what. And even if you don't, I still know that you can, that you are who you say you are, that you are still God, that you are still faithful. So it was. It was more of a fight to get back to that place than it was being angry at God. But I was definitely mm-hmm. angry at the person who had um, prophesied to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, bet. I bet. I had to work on forgiveness. I was like, God, help me to let go, you know, of, of that, of that. But, but yeah, that's how I will answer that question. Yeah, that's really good. You know, and it just reminds me of, you know, the power of our words. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're not, you don't have the gift of prophecy, right? But you, but even in our words, what we say, we never mm-hmm. know what's received on the other side of them. If right. it's a hope, and you say something to someone, and you give a timeline to it, and they're holding on to that because they've been in a place of a violation of their expectation for so mm-hmm. long, and you say something that's encouraging to them, and they're holding on to it, waiting for the day to come. And so mm-hmm. it's it's just it, it's even to talk and think about the responsibility, right? To think mm-hmm. about the responsibility of the words that we say and their, the weight that they carry, the meaning for other people that they may carry. So that just, just came um, in my spirit about the importance of the words that you speak. And even as a wife and a mom, you know, like the words that we even speak to our husbands and our children, yes. oh, my goodness, yes. like they can elevate or they can mm-hmm. totally discourage. And so yes. that's just really great. And so now you have, now that you have Jeremiah, how did that amazing promise 
what did that do for not only you and the people around you who supported you, but, you know, what has the journey been like since having Jeremiah and what are some of the next steps? The journey has been wonderful. Every day, Jeremiah is now three. He'll be four this year. And um, every day, I'm just amazed and honored. So the biggest lesson I learned is that God is not keeping me from, but he's keeping me for. Because Mm. had all those other things worked, we would not have Jeremiah. And Mm. I don't know all that he is called to do and be, but I do know that he is going to be mighty. He's going to be a mighty man of God. And just to know that God would entrust my husband and I to raise him, to sow into him, to pour into him, it's, it's, I'm just blown away. And it's one of those things where I don't just say this because I'm his mom. When we go into different arenas, when he is in his Bible study fellowship class or his Sunday school class or anywhere we go and we're around other people who are spiritual, um, they always come back to Warren and I and say, um, Jeremiah is a leader. He did X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah is a prayer warrior. Jeremiah is so it's not just us saying this. It's other people seeing a glimpse of who God is creating him to be. So to be called to be his mom, because this is a calling and a privilege, I'm I'm so honored. I'm just so in awe. And then even to see how God answered our prayer, because when we started adoption, Warren has always said um, he wants children with his personality and my brain. <laughs> and when we started the adoption process, I said, God, can the baby, can he or she at least look like they came from us? And so if you don't know our story, when you see us, you would never, ever be able to tell because this little boy looks so much like my husband. It's just crazy. Even with his height and his build, like he is just super big, super strong, and he is many worn all day long. He just goes around. Saying warm sayings, <laughs> just loving on everybody, hugging on everybody. Um, so this this COVID thing has him messed up because he can't hug people and touch people like he um, mm-hmm. like he's used to. But um, but God even answered our prayers in that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm just in awe at what God has done and. And, and we're in the process of adopting a, a baby girl to add to our family. Um, so we, we just, I'm just in awe. And, and, in, and as long as I have eggs, I, I continue to believe that God will still do at least one of the four, you know, through our bodies. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how, we, how God is going to get us to the four to complete the promise. Um, but I do know that he is going to because God never starts a thing and doesn't finish it. He sees it through to the end. So so that's where we are. We're just enjoying every moment. I'm not being anxious. I'm not like, hurry up, God, let's get to the – I'm like, no, I'm taking every day as it comes, and I'm just, just asking God to help me to uh, just continue to uh, wait 
joyfully, expectantly, and just smelling the roses along the way, not anxiously mm-hmm. trying to hurry up and get somewhere. But um, as my online wow. pastor, Michael Todd, would say, I'm just entering that place where I'm striving and no longer yeah. striving to make things happen. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. So any last words of encouragement for listeners who may be going through something very similar? Um, I would say get you what God said and stand on that. If you like to worship, find you a couple songs that can speak to you. Surround yourself with um, other faith-filled people um, that can encourage you when, when you need to be encouraged, that can carry you to the feet of Jesus when you can't. And to be open and flexible. Um, whatever God has promised you regarding having children, it may not come the way you thought, like, we never thought that we would deal with infertility. Um, that, that never, ever entered our, our minds. But you can become a parent in so many different ways. And so I would encourage you to be open. Be open to adoption. Be open to surrogacy if you can do that. Be open to IUI, IVF. I, you know, I, I believe that God created this science um, to be a blessing for us. We don't have to do like they did in the old days, it well, in the Bible days, and say, sleep with my maid. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you, stay, you stay right here. You get somewhere and sit down. We're going to do this side. Um, but, but just be open um, to God taking you on a different path than what you expected and, and enjoy mm-hmm. the process. Try not to be angry at God or the process, but be open to what God is teaching you. And remember that God is not keeping you from, but he's keeping you for. And and at the end of the day, everything that we go through is bigger than us. And it's, it's always, I think, to bless somebody else. So, so try to take yourself out of it and think about how you can be a blessing and how you can serve other people. Wow. So beautiful. Thank you so much, sister, for joining me today. What a beautiful, inspiring, encouraging story of God's love and his faithfulness. So thank you so much for for sharing. I appreciate you. Love you, Warren and Jeremiah, and cannot wait to meet the new addition to your family. Thank you, darling. Love you, too. Wow, wow, wow. What an amazing journey. I'm so grateful to Nakia for sharing her story with us and wanted to highlight some of her takeaways. Number one, get a mentor in the Bible. Find a story in God's word that you can relate to, that you can be encouraged by. Number two, serve your way through your valley. When you take the focus off of you and your situation and place it on someone else through serving, it's going to make the valley so much brighter. And number three, what did God say in his word? Get a, get a God said, get a God said experience. What did God say in his word that you can hold on to as a promise for your situation? 
Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I really, really appreciate it. If you are not following us on Instagram at Wife Wisdom, I invite you to join our tribe over on social media on Instagram. If you have not rated our podcast on iTunes, please do so to rate and review us. That would be awesome in helping other women find our podcast. But most importantly, I just thank you so much for continuing to be consistent and listening to our podcast each and every week, sharing this with your sister circle and continuing to just share and and send me love and encouragement and support that this is blessing you, that it's encouraging you, that you truly are benefiting and feel like you're being served through this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I love you so much with all my heart and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Bye-bye. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.